This episode of Ministry Monday is brought to you by CLEF, Catholic Liturgical Ensemble Formation. The CLEF Summer Program, taking place July 23rd through the 28th in Milford, Ohio, is a unique opportunity for education, skill building, prayer, and community connection specifically designed for ensemble musicians with options for an ensemble track or retreat track. For more information, visit clef.life. From NPM, the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, this is episode 221 of Ministry Monday. Ministry Monday is a weekly podcast about music, ministry, and liturgy produced by the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, or NPM. What is NPM? NPM is a national association that fosters the art of musical liturgy. The members of NPM serve the Catholic Church in the United States as musicians, clergy, liturgists, and other leaders of prayer. For more information, go to npm.org forward slash join. Have a question? Email us anytime at ministrymonday at npm.org. Hello, and welcome to Ministry Monday. I am your host, Amanda Bruce. If you haven't done so yet, please subscribe to Ministry Monday wherever you listen to your podcasts each week. And hey, thanks for joining us. Today we speak to Jose Gallardo, Ariel Mayormida, and Maria Nieva, members of the NPM Asian Pacific Community. They share their devotional practices to the Blessed Virgin Mary and how they are inextricably woven into Filipino culture. We also speak about the importance of St. Pedro Kalungsgod and his importance in Filipino spirituality as well. Now, we encourage you to check out the show notes of this particular episode, as well as the video version of this episode at ministrymonday.org, as Jose, Ariel, and Maria have provided special photos to accompany this conversation. Today on Ministry Monday, I'm speaking to Jose, Maria, and Ariel. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Hi, Amanda. I'm good. It's nice to see you all again. Happy Easter. It's been a little while since we sat down and chatted with one another, and today we are going to talk about some religious devotions and practices in Filipino culture. Um, So if it's okay with you, I kind of want to start with, of course, it's May when the episode's coming out, and of course, in May we so often talk about our devotions to the Blessed Mother. So I was kind of hoping we'd start there. Um, So in Filipino culture, what are some of the most important devotions or practices, spiritual practices, um, to pray for the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary? Okay, so um, hi everyone again. Welcome to our <laughs> session. Um, being May, the merry month of May, and a lot of things are going on. Um, the Philippines is is very devoted to the Blessed Mother. Um, because you know the, the Philippines are very close to her son Jesus, and the devotion is very very popular. 
um, the practice, the one practice that I love that I experienced growing up is observing the Our Lady of Perpetual Help shrine in Baclaran. It's in Manila. It's a very busy section of the heart of Manila, and it goes way back 1500s. So Alfonso Ligori, Father Alfonso Ligori, found founded the Redemptorists. Um, and they brought the devotion. They they brought an, an icon, but eventually uh, the Filipinos and the Redemptorists set up a, an image of the Mother, Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And up to this day, on Wednesdays, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of Filipinos visitors flock the, the church to pray. It's a 24-hour devotion, so everything happens. And um, you know the mother of petrol help. So every every person who's desperate and looking for hope and, and asking for prayers, and they come out of that church very, very fulfilled. So I think that is the one that I, I wanted to share growing up with for the devotion. And the second one is, of course, Immaculate Conception. So we all know worldwide, we devote ourselves to the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. I am very devoted to the Our Lady of Perpetual Help. You know, I remember when I was, uh, I think I was nine years old, my aunt would bring me with her to attend, you know, the, the novena, you know. It's not in Baclaran because I grew up in Sambales, which is a northwestern part of the Philippines. Mm -hmm. But everywhere in the Philippines, every Wednesday, you know, there's a there's a novena with a mass. So my mm -hmm. aunt would bring me there, and I could up to now I could memorize the prayers. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there, there's different kinds of novena prayers, uh, but in the Philippines, the the Redemptorists they 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 uh, they're able to come up with with a, a novena book. You know, everybody knows about that novena book. Yeah. There's a prayer for the sick, prayer for special intentions, you know, and, and that's incorporated in the Mass, actually. Yeah, um, as what Maria said, you know, in Baclaran, which is the, the national shrine, uh, it's on Wednesdays, early in the morning, like 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning, the church is already open until around midnight. And and Mass and Novena prayers are, you know, and people flock the church, really. And uh, it's like... Uh, a weekly, a weekly uh, devotion, a weekly occurrence, activity, activity for Filipinos, and uh, not only in Manila but also everywhere, everywhere in the Philippines. And actually, in my church, in my church here in St. Joachim's in Hayward, uh, in California, uh, we have a novena. Also, I mean, like three years ago, um, the the Filipinos uh, requested our pastor to. Uh, to have that novena after the the morning mass, Wednesday morning mass. So, uh, yeah. So we, we have that novena. We we do that already, and and we with all the songs, Immaculate Mother. You know, they they have a version of that as well. That the common, uh, yeah, a, a, a common version. So, um, yeah. And then Mary Immaculate Star of the Morning. Yeah, those are the songs there. Uh, there's another one that I love. 
Mother of Christ, Mother of Christ. So though I, I, I really, yeah, exactly. I, 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 I'm really, you know, uh, I grew up with with this uh, devotion, and uh, up to now, I still do. When whenever I feel down or we need something, or just have an encounter with the Blessed Virgin Mary in that title, um, yeah, it, it's it's. I'm I'm, I'm very personally, um, you know, addicted to. <laughs> addicted to that devotion <laughs> and so. um following that the a lot of, almost every female in Phil, in the philippines have maria in the beginning of their names from the blessed mother really yeah. yes and and i'm maria rainita my sister's mary rose so and even now they do isabella maria you know like now it's a, it's a middle name but every single Filipino. So when we come to the United States, we're all Maria. <laughs> That's how it is. So we're like, I bet you have a second name. All right. So I bet you're Catholic. Yes. So those are the two prominent characteristics that our country has because of our Blessed Mother. And some of, some of us men have, have Maria in our name too. My my full name is Jose Maria Carmelita Santos Gallardo. So, um, and Carmelito, my birthday is on Our Lady of Mont Carmel. So my my uh, parents used Very. that as my middle name. On the trips that we would take, my parents would take, when they would take us to the Philippines when we were young, my family used to um, spend at least a few of the weekends going to the cathedral in Manila. And the behind the altar, there's this beautiful statue of the Immaculate Conception. Um, because the, the cathedral is known as, I, I believe, the minor basilica of the Immaculate Conception, mm-hmm. and and so that um, that's a very important devotion in the Archdiocese of Manila. Um, another another devotion to Our Lady that I remember growing up. There's another another city a, a little bit north of Manila called a- Antipolo. Mm-hmm. And there's a shrine there to mm-hmm. Our Lady of Peace and Good Voyage. Mm-hmm. And so I remember my mom's aunts would take us there just shortly before we would return to the U.S., um, before our trip. And I and I went there with my cousins on one of my trips to the Philippines in the last, in as an adult. So it's a... Uh, a lot of a lot of people will go there before they travel, and it's a a very popular shrine there in that area. Going yep. back to that, Our Lady of Good Voyage. So when the Spaniards, the Portuguese, were trying to come to the Philippines to spread Christianity, they they brought the image of uh, Our Lady of Lanaval, the Saint Nuestra Senora of Lanaval. Because she was guiding the ship, the voyage to the Philippines. So that's why we have the Lady of Good Voyage from that part of the history that the Portuguese um, brought us. Is that the statue that's there at the shrine? I believe so. Yeah. I also wanted to share... um that uh, sometimes every every province or every region we have um, in the philippines we have our own uh, 
vir- the titles of the Blessed Virgin Mary, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in, in the Bicol region, in the southern Tagalog provinces, they have the Our Lady of Peña Francia. And every year in September, they have a fluvial parade, you know. Um, so they parade the, the uh, image of the Blessed Virgin Mary uh, on the river. Mm-hmm. And then, um, in my province alone, we have the uh, Our Lady of Ina Poon Bato, which is mother of uh, Poon, which is, uh, you know, like she was, she was found by the indigenous uh, people, the Aitas. We call them Aitas in my province and um, um they found her in the on a, you know like floating in the water on top of uh, you know uh, uh in the river and uh they, they they attribute to her you know the protection from calamities you know and even the uh the earthquake uh, the the um, mount uh, which is the mount pinatubo explosion the, the volcano uh, they attribute the protection of, of, of the people, of the indigenous uh, people in the province uh, to her uh, to her care, the Our Lady of Inapoon Bato. As mm-hmm. a matter of fact, uh, for us, I, I was also, when I was growing up, we will, that's also our culture of, of, of bringing, of when we travel, you know, so uh, we, we go to her and, uh, and, and visit her shrine in the, in the, in the, uh, my province in Botolan, just to to ask for you know safety and protection in our in our travels. So um, and her feast day is January twenty four. But again, it's it's a it's a whole year devotion for the Blessed Virgin Mary. So I must say that uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary in the Philippine culture is like inseparable. As in you know she's like our mother, our mm-hmm. number one mother. You know, <laughs> number one and our mm-hmm. real mother is this number two, you know, because our mothers also have devotions to her. So um, I think that it, 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 it's it's uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, our mother and, and the Filipino psyche and Filipino people. It, it's just, you know, it's just uh, inseparable. Yeah. In our everyday, our everyday life and and when there's Jesus, there's always the Blessed Mother all the time. I'm also hearing that cultural practice of before something momentous happens in the life in Filipino culture, that it merits a visit to to at least pray for her for Our Lady's intercession, if not atten- going to a shrine, going to that image and praying. At the very least, taking a moment and praying for her intercession before something like travel or something larger um, happens within within your life. Is that kind of a safe thing to say? Yes, yes, yes. Like uh, if, if you're taking an exam, for example, the board exam, or <laughs> you have a presentation to do, you always have to to ask for our Blessed Mother's intercession and, you know, that everything will go well and things like that. So yes. You put the image of the Blessed Mother by the window if there's a wedding so that it won't rain hard or if it does, it's, it's just not a lot for blessing. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we even did it at our parish here in Lindenwald. Um, even us, you know, um, all all cultures do that. So it's 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 very very compelling that we go to the Blessed Mother and always ask for her help to intercede to Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. That always, yeah. My mom, uh, my mom still has her perpetual help novena book. Well, Ariel, it's funny when you said that, and I go, Mom, can can I just give you a new one? Like we have plenty of those. She's like, No, honey, this is this is my old thing. I I believe that you know this is more effective. Than <laughs> because you i could see all those those little sides you know like how it's probably like over a hundred years old but she could still use it you know which is pretty cool (laughs) there's a deep deep legacy here for that type of prayer obviously in 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 the items that help help us you know that that um the new isn't needed, if that makes sense. Like something that is so, um, so a huge part of culture, but is also a physical part of what we know in mm. our spiritual practice. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, it does. Well, if it's okay with you, I want to kind of talk about one other major, major moment, if you will, um, that recently there is a new saint um, mm-hmm. that Pope Benedict canonized, and his name was Saint Pedro Calungsod. Did I say that okay? Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what, what can we, what do we know about him? And, you know, um, what can we say about him? Well, um, Saint, saint Pedro Calungsod um, is uh, the saint for uh, catechists and the youth, you know, um, mm-hmm. And at a very early age, he was brought by the missionaries to the Mariana Islands. And uh, he was teaching, you know, catechism to the people there. Um, unfortunately, there was a persecution, definitely. You know, as uh, the, the natives of the Mariana Islands, you know, there, there's some resistance to the faith. So um, together with the missionaries that he went there with, um, he was killed. So um, he's a new saint. He was just canonized uh, in uh, 2012 by St. Benedict. And his feast day is April the 2nd. You know, um, he is the, the saint for the lay catechist, and he's also a martyr. Um, I think the Filipinos um, uh, can learn a lot of his life and his legacy as to um, the importance of uh, uh, evangelization and at the same time uh, offering ourselves for uh, for for the missions, you know, um, with the youth, uh, you know, um, we play, uh, the youth play a very important role in evangelization and and the life of the church today, you know, um, in the Philippines, especially in in Cebu, you know, where he is uh, believed to be uh, from, you know, they have this uh, um, shrine over there, and um, the youth have uh, organized different kinds of programs, and and they're very very uh, uh, lively and 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 very enthusiastic about uh, the missions. So um, they're producing vocations um, in the priesthood or, or the religious life, and also um, the laity. You know, um, in the last uh, Eucharistic International Eucharistic Congress, I was there with with uh, some of our Filipino priests, and our bishop was there too. Mm-hmm. We're very impressed on how uh, active 
the youth are in, in, in Cebu. And uh, as I said, they are producing a lot of vocations there. And some of them are being exported. <laughs> they are being exported here in the United States. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have a lot of uh, Cebuano and Visayan um, uh, missionaries and and uh, and priests, diocesan priests as well. Um, they come and serve here in the United States. So I think uh, the devotion to the to uh, San Pedro Calungsod is is also uh, another uh, devotion that we can, in terms of uh, that we can uh, do and pray for. Uh, pray to um, to increase uh, vocations and at the same time to uh, encourage uh, people to uh, to be in the missions and uh, be active and uh, pro- uh, be active in evangelization. Yeah. My question about both Saint Pedro Calungsod and the Blessed Virgin Mary is this: um, What can we, as listeners to this episode, take? into our own faith and spiritual practice from the things that you were talking about today. Um, what can we use to help deepen our faith by being a witness to such devotion? I'm very active with our youth liturgical ministry right now. Um, after the pandemic, we really work hard. Um, one of one of our diaconate candidate from our parish, uh, our assistant assistant to the pastor and then myself so for me i'm using my devotion to the blessed mother as a tool to teach them blessed mother songs in many different languages um i'm using the tool for the third generation filipinos right can we we can use that word third generation right because yes. they're they're all now in grade school and these kids from the Philippine descent have no idea of this anymore because their parents are, are younger than me. So I start with educating them with, with how, you know, like Ariel said, evangelization vocation. So, so I teach them this um, practices nowadays when we have time to rehearse uh, at very short time on Sundays. It's like a little CCD thing inside of, of religious and faith formation, if you call it. So I try to squeeze them in culturally, even if my children from, you know, the American culture, Hispanic culture, you know, we, we pray the Tagalog Hail Mary and the um, Justice Alve, Spanish Hail Mary. So everybody knows you know, everything, and they can share both their experiences. Yeah, I wanted to share also, um, I think the exposure of of uh, our parishioners, uh, including the youth, of course, to uh, these devotions uh, is, is a, a, as Maria said, is a, a good tool to, to evangelize. Um, you know, the devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary keeps you more intimate with your relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus is, is, is very um, attached or, you know, very close to, her, to his mother. And um, knowing the Blessed Virgin Mary, having a special relationship with her, I think um, brings you to a deeper encounter, a deeper relationship with, with Jesus Christ. Um, in my parish, um, 
our patron saint is Saint Joachim, you know, so so um who is the 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 father of, of Mary. Um we have uh during the month of May we have Marian a Marian festival, you know, and it, it, it's at three doom actually is we start on a Wednesday, Thursday and Friday. We open on a Wednesday and close with a procession on Friday. And after that, this is it done before Mother's Day. So it it uh, you know it uh, coincide with the celebration of Mother's Day, and we have um, I think if if not five or uh, six uh, images or titles of the Blessed Virgin Mary, uh, representing the uh, the ethnic uh, uh, composition of our parish. We have Filipinos, Vietnamese, uh, Portuguese. We have. Um, uh, Guadalupe, Guadalupanos, the Mexicans. Mm -hmm. We also have the um, the uh, Nicaraguans. The Nicaraguans. They also have their the the uh, title of the Blessed Virgin Mary in Nicaragua. And our pastor is a Polish, so he also have the the uh, the uh, the Black Madonna. You know, mm -hmm. so uh, he he uh, he said, "Oh, I'm Polish. I have something too." You know, so so he brought the Black Madonna uh, together with with uh, the rest of the. Um, um, the images and the titles of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we have masses every day in those three days. We decorate shrines of the Blessed Virgin Mary. We play the, the Blessed, uh, we play the Holy Rosary in different languages, in different languages. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then we have a multilingual uh, mass um, with readings in different languages. And it, it, it's, it's just very uplifting and uh, enriching that uh you know to see people attend um in their our own national uh costumes you know so and and then and then we worship together we pray together we we sing together we we serenade after the ma each mass we we would serenade the blessed virgin the the, the different image uh, shrines of the blessed virgin so i think it um the the my my personally my devotion to the blessed virgin mary um, is being enriched with these activities and the Legion of Mary in my in my uh, presidium in my um, in my church um, a place uh, they're the ones who organize these things and of course with a close uh, uh, coordination with with me as a music director and uh, yeah I think this is this is one of the things that uh, really the, the devotion to the Virgin Mary is. Uh, a good tool to, as Maria said, to evangelize, to to teach the um, about the faith. You know, uh, without the Blessed Virgin Mary, there's no Jesus Christ. So we pray through her to to Jesus Christ, I guess. So yeah, through Mary, you know, to Jesus Christ, and and uh, yeah, uh, it it is uh, it is very very uh, useful, and at the same time. Um, enriches my relationship with Jesus Christ through the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's great. Jose, anything to add? Uh, no, nothing. Okay. Not there, okay. right? Well, those are some beautiful reflections about the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, I love, too, how much e each of you emphasized the the many faces of Mary, if you will, the many images and reflections of Mary in culture and how you make sure that they are included, including the languages in which we worship. 
Um, I think that's that's a wonderful reminder and a great, like you said, a great tool for catechesis and evangelization. So I think that's a great thing to remember for the month of May. So yeah. um, one more thing, of course, um, I'd love to take a minute and talk about the fact that you will be presenting at this year's NPM convention. And not only that, but you're going to be presenting at the in-person convention and then the virtual convention. So uh, first off, let's talk about the in-person convention. Um, what is the title of your session going to be and when will it be? So the title of our uh, convention, I mean, the uh, session in the convention is Serving Servants, Ministering Ministers in a Multicultural uh, Setting, basically. So it's uh, it's a sort of uh, a discussion, you know, a... a um, an open session wherein we can share our experiences and learn from each other uh, on how to minister uh, to our, you know, our volunteers or or um, members of the, in the community, and in terms of how uh, the uh, the practices, the 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 good and and the do dos and the don'ts <laughs> that we encounter. You know, every time we um, we uh, minister to our communities and to our ministers, um, and sometimes you know, uh, it is also important to to think about uh, how they feel, how they learn, how they uh, how they worship, how they you know, the the different cultures have our, our own different ways of of doing things. So. Um, by a discussion, open session, we will be able to um, to learn from each other. You know, uh, whether you are ministering or a music minister or a liturgical minister for many years, or you're just a beginner. So you, you're all invited to join us uh, in that session. Um, yeah, so it's going to be in Reno <laughs> on July the 13th. Um, it's a breakout D, 1.30 to 2.30. So we hope to see you all there. Um, yeah, it's going to be a, a good uh, a way to uh, exchange uh, our practices and our skills in, in that uh, breakout session. Great. And also, our panelists, our panelists will be, is composed of a deacon from the Hispanic ministry, um, a music director from the um, Anglo community who ministers uh, to big uh, ethnic communities. And, um, you know, we have uh, representations from the Philippine community as well. And, uh, you know, all, all cultures are invited. It's going to be so diverse. And we are, we are, going to listen to their stories most importantly uh, how they how they relate to from their stories to our stories so it will be really much fun and and we expect a lot of of stuff that oh my gosh we never heard this or you know it's it we, we will make it really more fun and yet not scary or intimidating if you want if you allow me to say that so we we are just going to get together and i i think that we haven't heard this kind of breakout in in the history of NPM, if you know, if I'm correct, with all the cultures again, so exciting. That's wonderful. I'm so looking forward to that one myself. Yes. Um, 
I also want to talk about the fact that you will be presenting a session during the virtual convention. So in years past, um, the virtual convention primarily will consist of um, mostly just recorded sessions from the in-person convention that we watch as if they're live, which is still taking place at this year's virtual, but mm -hmm. we are having a select number that are live via Zoom and the platform during the virtual convention that will be exclusive to the virtual convention experience. And one of them is actually Maria is involved with it, I think, especially. Um, can you kind mm -hmm. of share a little bit about that, the title, and then when that will be? Yes, um, it's called Who's Stable? Again, with those two words, it's it's very diverse. You know, who comes to church? Who partakes the banquet of the Lord uh, from all perspectives? And uh, NPM invited, and myself invited, Father Andy Luby. He is director at the St. Augustine Seminary in Tagaytay in the Philippines. I think it would be very exciting to hear from a priest who, who ministers, who guides, who teaches in the Philippines itself to bring anything with us. Although he studied um, doctorate in uh, church ministry, major in liturgical service, something like that, at uh, the, the Theological Union in Chicago. And he is very excited to share the book that he wrote and I don't want to give a lot. So everybody would be excited to join us. And, and it's live and, and we can take questions and all that. And the most exciting part is Amanda specifically asked me what time. So 4 o'clock in, in the U.S. and 4 a.m. in Manila. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I emailed uh, Maria probably about a month or so ago. And I said, hey, I'm working on the virtual convention schedule. Um when can Father Andy join for this session? Because I know there is a very significant time difference. So yeah, Father Andy will be joining us at four in the morning, local Philippine time and for, for the session. The, I, I go on vacations in the Philippines. I stay in the seminary and our breakfast is five o'clock because we oh, have wow. to do mass at six o'clock. Mm -hmm. The three of us, uh, himself, the cook and myself. And it's so exciting. And, and I said to her, Amanda, it's not a problem for, for Father Andy to wake up that early because the Philippines, the sun rises in the Philippines is like four o'clock in the morning. Wow, wow. It's so okay. beautiful. And and Tagaytay is a very beautiful spot in the Philippines. It doesn't get really hot because it's up high. So it's all good. So it's all exciting. Okay. <laughs> and I hope everybody joins. <laughs> yes. And also, I want to mention, too, if you are going to the in-person convention and maybe you can't attend the live virtual session for this for this um, session, it will be available as a replay later as well. So let's say you're in person and you can't make it to the virtual session. You know, it'll be available. You can watch later. But of course, like I said, I invite everyone, especially virtual attendees, um, join live because like Maria said, we'll be able to take questions live and I think it'll be it'll be really fun. I'm, again, I'm really looking forward to that. So, well, Jose, Ariel, Maria, thank you so much for sharing always your expertise and your skill, but also sharing your devotional practice with us today and your faith. Um, it's been very inspiring to me to sit and listen as a witness. Um, and I will definitely take 
um, your strength of faith that you have showed so demonstrated here. I'm going to take it into my practice, praying for the intercession of the Blessed Mother in May. So thank you all so much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank You're you welcome. for this thank opportunity. Thank you for having us, Amanda. Absolutely. And uh, heck, I'll see you in Reno. Yeah. <laughs> Looking yeah. forward to it. <laughs> Protect and lead you, Thanks so much to Ariel, Jose, and Maria for their time today. For more information about this episode, as well as more information about the 2023 in-person and virtual conventions, check out the show notes of this episode at ministrymonday.org. The recording of Kapaya Pa'an was produced by Oregon Catholic Press and was written by Maria Nieva. Today's theme music was produced by Aaron Schaus, and today's episode was produced by me, Amanda Bruce. That's it for today. With the Spirit's gifts empowering us for the work of ministry, thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here soon on Ministry Monday. <laughs>